Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very good, doing very good. Much better than last week, incidentally. I'm glad to hear it. How about yourself? Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'm very well as well. Thank you. I'm very good. So what are we talking about today? Oh, well, this is an exciting one. We're doing another of our special investigator-specific episodes. Sorry, the, the cat... Right. The cat just ran along the corridor and then, like, skidded to a halt like he's in the Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> do you want me to do that again, or, or do you want to leave this in? Oh, we can leave it in, I don't mind. Yeah, we're doing an investigator-specific episode, which is always good fun. It's a man, so everyone who'd guessed man would be the next investigator, tick that off on your bingo cards. He's a white man. <laughs> yes. Um, he's well-dressed. Yeah, yeah. Nice coat. Doesn't like messing with anything naughty or bad or corrupt. He's, a, you know, straight and proper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's about as much as it has in common with <laughs> Roland Banks. Yeah, it's not Roland, unfortunately. Roland. So who are we covering? Who's, who's this? Uh, we are covering Preston Fairmont, the millionaire. Mr. Dollar himself. Yeah, I've been angling to do Preston for ages. He's one of my favourite mm. investigators. And I'm really looking forward to finding out why. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, should we dive in then? Let's run up our let's sleeves. Do it, let's do it, yeah. So lay our, Preston lay Fairmont money on is, the table. is the millionaire. He's got one willpower, one intellect, one combat and one agility. He's silver twilight and socialite traded. Anytime you gain one or more resources from a card effect, place them on family inheritance instead of in your resource pool. Elder sign effect plus zero. You may spend two resources to automatically succeed instead. My money, my legacy, my problem. Let me handle this in my own way. Seven health and seven sanity. Wow. Well, I mean, that's a hell of a stat line, isn't it? All the ones. Yeah, all the ones. Yeah. It's not quite Calvin. In fact, he's better than Calvin all round. But mm. it's, and yeah. He's half as good as Amanda. He's, uh, without, without anything else going on, he's not going to be passing many tests. No. In fact, reflecting on his stat line, you'd hope that most investigators had his combined stat line in a single stat as yeah. your kind of leading stat. At <laughs> least one, split yeah. Out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, not not a good stat line. But then also just a, I suppose it's a passive ability, isn't it? That when he gains resources, they go on family inheritance. So there's no reaction or or free trigger there. It's just... By the way, all resources he gains go on family inheritance. Yeah, exactly. And his other sign effect is is sort of what you would expect. It's an auto success, really. If we're talking about Preston, you will come on to why why that's an auto success in him. Mm. But considering his stat line, you'd need a fairly hefty hefty positive modifier to turn the other sign into a success. Mm. So it's good mm. to have that ability to turn it into an automatic success. Yeah, and. We, we might come back to that, but I'm quite glad that his Elder Sign isn't just plus one for every five resources you have or something like that. We'll touch on it more, I'm sure, later on. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good. And then 7-7 seven, seven is all right for health and sanity. You know, it's right down the middle. Doesn't seem to give us any indication one way or another of where his strengths lie. Yeah, and I think, we'll, yeah, to an extent, I think we can we can nail our, our flag to the mast. That's how you... you get a flag on the mast isn't it nail it yeah you just nail it in at the bottom and hope it crawls up there yeah uh i think preston's a very flexible investigator i think there's a lot of different ways you could 
build him well there's different ways you can build him but you could also build him to do different things mm-hmm. i think he's mm-hmm. potentially quite flexible so that yeah. seven seven health pool and sanity pool it feels feels appropriate for that mm. yeah i agree with that well should we flip him over and look at look at his back let's do it Brill. okay we have a deck size 30 uh, deck building options rogue cards level zero to five survivor cards level zero to two Neutral cards, level 0 to 5. Deck building requirements do not count towards his deck size. We have family inheritance, lodge debts, in inverted commas, and a random big basic weakness. And finally, deck building restrictions, which are always unusual and exciting. No illicit cards. Mm. So he's a rogue, but he's not a naughty rogue. Yes. He's a, a good rogue. So, so notably, every single rogue weapon is illicit. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I certainly, think right. certainly was when he came out. I can't think of any that have come out since that aren't illicit. Yeah, yeah. Survivor weapons, few and far between though they are, aren't illicit. So he he can take some weapons, but he's going to yeah. struggle in rogue. Also means he's going to struggle to make any kind of fence deck work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fiddling with the illicit cards that he's not allowed to take. Yeah. So there's a, there's a handful of other illicit ones, I think. So so the Sour Mash springs to mind. That's illicit, right? Yeah, and Lockpicks. Lockpicks as well. Crucial, actually, Lockpicks being... I mean, we'd be testing it two rather than one. It's doubling his stat. Doubling yeah. his stat. <laughs> <laughs> no, luckily, Lockpicks doesn't seem like it's screaming Preston anyway. And funnily enough, there are also cards that aren't illicit but are fall into that pool. So, for instance, Joey the Rat is a criminal, but he's not illicit. Because illicit oh, is normally normally for things, and criminals are normally for characters. So, right. For allies. This is all fascinating, but let's let's uh, not beat around the bush any longer. Mm. Should we look at his signature cards? Because really we can't get a complete picture of him until we have. Yeah, I'd just like to add as well that he's inverse Wendy. Yes. But he feels so different from Wendy. There's yeah. just, there's, you know, she's got that four agility and is all about the trickiness and kind of stabbing things in the back. And then Preston seems to be not like that at all. Well, well, well I mean, the other thing is, sorry, mm. I know we said we're going to move on, but the stat line is interesting in that rogues have got quite a number of cards that either deal damage directly based on a particular condition, things like sneak attack, or are able to do a thing when you when you pay some money to do it, like the, the yeah. favor cards, which are kind of yeah. a really natural fit for Preston. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And Survivor obviously have an extensive pool of cards for uh, failing tests. Yes, yeah. So you know, take heart. Obviously, the 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 whole cycle of cards that includes look what I found. Yeah, lots of lots of ways there of capitalizing upon test failure. Yeah, those maybe aren't things that you necessarily want to run in a Wendy, but might really want in a Preston. Weirdly, they're both kind of, both the survivor failure and the rogue fav- favours are pay to win to a certain extent. Yeah, They're just different different flavours of that. Okay, family inheritance. It's null-costed, it's unique, a windfall or a burden. It's boon-traded, it's permanent and Preston's deck only. It has an action ability, move all resources from this card to your resource pool. And a forced effect... When your turn begins, place four resources from the token pool on this card. Resources on this card may be spent as if they were in your resource pool. Discard all resources from this card at the end of your turn. 
Yeah, well, this is this is pretty impressive. So uh, Preston still gets his standard upkeep one resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the, from the beginning of his turn, he'll have five resources to spend. So he gets yep. five resources per turn, really, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's that's frankly a, a ludicrous amount of money to to have to spend every turn or be able to spend every turn. I think really that the key for Preston is being able to effectively spend that money because it disappears at the end of the turn unless you've spent an action to offload it into your card pool. Mm. And spending that action to put it into your card pool is it's quite onerous if you're doing it every turn. Mm-hmm. Do you want to run a two a two action a turn investigator who has all their stats at one? Mm. Mm-hmm. No? Really? Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, no. So the core of the question on Preston is how do you use that money effectively? Do you Mm. you build up to a certain resource pool? Do you just spend the resources off it every turn? How Mm. do you manage that money? And I think that's the really fun question about Preston. Yeah. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Should we jump Mm -hmm. onto his weakness? Yeah, let's jump onto his weakness. Okay, this is Lodge debts i did air quotes there thank you it is a weakness and uh, a packed trait sorry this uh, missed the the crucial part it's an event a 10 cost mm. event 10 cost frank <laughs> and it has the packed trait remove lodge debts from the game forced when the game ends or you are eliminated if lodge debts is still in your hand you suffer one mental trauma he spoke of bargains and of debts owed, yet there were clearly no mere monetary obligations. The investigators of Arkham Horror. And the art is like a, a secret handshake. It feeds very nicely into the story of Preston, which is that he blithely is happy to have loads of money and he's not really interested in knowing where it came from, but it came from his grandfather's business and some kind of involvement in the Order of the Silver Twilight. And then his father dies in a car accident and Preston inherits the fortune and now is somewhat interested in knowing where it's come from. And the Silver Twilight Lodge are interested in in speaking to him about it and that kind of thing. And and suddenly he needs to think about, is his money ill-gotten gains, I suppose? Yeah. And and what did his grandfather profit off? Which I think really fits nicely into the rogue theme as well of kind of chances, gamblers and maybe ill-gotten gains. So even if you don't, you think of Preston as fairly straight-laced, he's actually got this kind of like legacy of organised crime or cult crime or whatever it is yeah. that has given him his wealth, which is pretty awesome. I hope you put uh, air quotes around accident or car accident. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, accident. Exactly. So you mentioned when we were talking about the family inheritance. Yes. The choice, do you spend or do you save? It's quite onerous to take the action to take the resources off family inheritance and add them to your resource pool. For lodge debts, if you're broke and you draw lodge debts, it's going to take you two turns. So you're you're one resource from upkeep and then two actions over uh, consecutive turns to collect the necessary resources to clear the lodge debts. Assuming you don't have anything else to spend the money on. Assuming you don't have any and that you have the time to just accumulate some money yeah yeah, it is pretty pretty onerous and obviously a little bit like with hospital debts for skids if it hits right at the end or cover up for roland if it hits right at the end of the game you just might not have the time to to clear it and you're getting a trauma yeah so it's something worth playing around and being aware of 
But that said, I think the mental trauma is far less bad for Preston than it is for uh, Roland. Yes, for, <laughs> for a start. Well, Preston's got seven sanity, which mm-hmm. puts him ahead already. But also with the survivor access, he can really take uh, take advantage of some cards like Pete Sylvester, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who's the old infinite uh, infinite sanity soak, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And there's lots of other cards as well. You know, you've got we've now got level one uh, keepsake. Yeah. Importantly, he can't take liquid courage because it's illicit. No, he can't. <laughs> to no. drink away his trauma. Not that he'd want to anyway, because you've got to pass a willpower test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not at all. So where do we go from here? Talking about Preston. Good question. So I, I guess the first question to ask, really. Now, okay, my experience with Preston is probably I, I've played him quite a bit, but but a mm. while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't revisited him with the influx of cards we've had in the starter decks and mm-hmm. in um, Innsmouth Cycle. And I know you've looked at those, you, you've done some, what did you say, Test, Testin? <laughs> Preston Testin, yeah. Preston Testin, Testin Fairmount. Uh, you've done some testing with them more recently, this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and did you see anything new that's arrived that might change change the way we're looking at him? Is there any crucial cards that have come in the Stella or the Winnie decks that have an impact? Yeah, the the Stella deck is the place to focus, I think. I thought so, yeah. Because you already alluded to the failure tech, and we've now got cards like Grit Your Teeth and the upgraded Dumb Luck, the upgraded Look What I Found, which he can take because it's level two, which just add to the... They, increase the margin for failure to minus three which is good and they give you more for that so you know dumb lucking an enemy and putting it on the bottom of the deck is obviously a lot stronger so if you wanted to put a load of that fail tech into preston you could do the other card that i was eyeing up but i haven't yet run in him is will to survive zero which allows you to not reveal tokens for a single test yeah you know there might be that time where you think oh i just need to really pass this test and he doesn't mind paying I think it's, is it four resources for a single test? He probably doesn't mind that, but you'll need your boosts from other places as well. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's some things there for sure. Well, that, that, that's that's good to know. Just you saying Will to Survive reminded me, I think we had this. Uh, aside from Leo De Luca, level zero, mm. there's no cards that Preston can take that he can't play on mm. the money he gets in a single turn. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is kind of kind of crazy when you think about it yes e- even yeah. the level one leo he could he takes his one resource in the upkeep and then he gets four resources like well i'll just play it boom leo down yeah. and and the thing is we've talked about this quite a lot when you start say you're playing wendy and you draw leo in your opening hand you take a resource you play leo you're then at zero resources and you're in mm-hmm. a pit you've got to climb out of before you can play any other card that costs resources Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the extra action is is really good so it, it's sometimes worth it but with Preston he never falls into that you don't ever have to think about the tempo hit on a on a kind of meta game scale over the course mm-hmm. of a game for playing an, ex- an expensive card it's not like well I've played Leo this turn that means it'll be two or three turns before I can play this three cost card in my hand yes yeah so do I play the three cost first and then using the extra or, or, or you know will the extra action help me build back up to that that three and mm-hmm. this other card say a mariner's compass i don't know and this is a hopefully a useful tangent so i've just been playing jacqueline fine as i mentioned in last week's episode through return to forgotten age and i've been running diana esperance with her 
and mainly to do things like repeating deny existence or ward of protection. But then it struck me that Voice of Ra is also a spell. So I was hosting Voice of Ra on Diana and playing Voice of Ra for three turns in a row, using Jacqueline's ability and making insane money. And in the two scenarios that I did that, thoughts of the cost curve completely went out of the window because I could pay for everything because I was just obscenely rich. So I set up in a way I probably would not normally set up in solo because I could just play everything down. I had all the bells and whistles that really feed into Jacqueline's play style. And then I felt pretty much unstoppable at that point and even got to the point where I'd let Diana, the first Diana die off and I could immediately play a second Diana and put a water protection on and just avoid Mythos for, well, avoid drawing encounter cards for the next three turns, basically. That was a different investigator doing what Pre- Preston does natively, yeah. that you can make silly money with Preston. And we're talking just about family inheritance here because, of course, he also has access to all of the road cards that generate resources as well. So if you want to go for your hot streaks or your easy marks and generate lots of money, he can do all of that generation as well. He has that in his card pool, should that be of interest to you. The the kicker is, of course, that he spends an extra action to get it all. This is an interesting fork, I, I think. So mm-hmm. y- y- you can do that. And I think at that stage, what you can do is maximise the value of taking the resources off the family inheritance. Mm-hmm. So if you... I mean, the other thing that's interesting is that the cards which generate money, which cost money tend to have a bit of added efficiency. And in Preston, you're never going to be in, in the situation where you can't afford to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So, like, it's, it's not like you're going to, you know, there's nothing worse than drawing a hot streak, even level four, when you're at one resource. Yeah, you like, well, have to wait for this. Wait do for I this. spend actions to get to three resources yeah. to play it? I don't know if I do. Yeah. With Preston, if you draw a hot streak level four, it's two actions to go to 11 right Mm -hmm. so you'll have five you'll spend three and then boom you've got nine and then then you can so it's two actions and you get 11 resources Mm -hmm. so i think then what you're doing is you're looking at cards that rely on you having money in your resource pool so we start Mm. to look at cards like money talks and yeah well connected which are two Mm -hmm. cards that came out uh, at the same time as preston yeah. Uh, well connected yeah. I think is is a really good one because you you can get up to a kind of a a threshold of money and and you're 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 pretty safe from that point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When I play with well connected, I really enjoy that style and I really hate the fact that well connected is limit one per investigator mm. uh in play anyway because what it often makes me feel like is that Preston can do one thing very well a turn. Yes. But as soon as I want to, say, evade an enemy and then get a clue and then take another test, I have to think really carefully about what am I going to use my well-connectedness for and which do I want to boost and how am I getting the boosts for the other things I want to do. Or maybe I'm, say, using failure tech to get clues Yeah. and and then using well-connected to help me evade enemies or hit enemies or whatever it is. I really enjoy playing that style because I think it requires quite a lot of thought and planning. What do I use the boost for? And, and yeah, where at, do I at go the same time, though, it's very flexible. And, and in, you yeah. know what? Actually, 
make a mental note of what Frank's just said, because we'll come back to that, I think, when we talk about maybe <laughs> one of the other directions you can take, Preston. Mm, okay. Yeah, well connected is it's just a boost to a still va- uh, a skill value, so it it can you know you could apply it to absolutely anything. Mm. Yeah, so I I think that's that's an interesting way of playing them. The other thing about family inheritance uh, is that it can be your only form of economy you have in your deck. Mm-hmm. And if you build your deck around just using family inheritance, what you can have is a deck that can afford lots of stuff without needing to find the resource cards you've got or your economy cards or you know using up deck space on them. Mm-hmm. So you've got basically a deck full of stuff you can play right away as soon as you draw it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's about picking, isn't it? So say you have a decoy and an intel report in hand and you're generating four a turn on, on family inheritance. Do you want to evade two enemies with the decoy? Do you want to get two clues with the in, uh, intel report? It's about finding the, the right time to do the things and making the most of that family inheritance money. Yeah. Um, I found when I play Preston, if I'm spending a bit of the family inheritance to play a card, I'll try and play another card and spend all of it exactly yeah yeah because i don't want to spend an action to save two of the resources off family inheritance yeah and then similarly if i'm committing a take heart to a test i think i'm failing i'm going to generate two resources which are going to go on the family inheritance so i'm going to plan to either then spend all of that or t- take an action to take six from the inheritance and it's funny actually because it's a windfall or a burden and sometimes family inheritance can be a burden when you're like ah oh, I've, I've actually generated a load of resources this turn that i wasn't you know particularly planning to do i let them just drift or do i save them um, the best moments i've had are when i play take heart to a test fail it and one of the cards take heart draws me as leo de luca oh and yeah so i've got exactly the right amount on family inheritance to play leo it's like okay that's a good solution for this i'm doing that yeah, no, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think when you do go down that the the, the route of just using family inheritance mm-hmm. as your uh, economy, and actually, flav- from a flavor point of view, I quite like that. It's like he doesn't want to do any work beyond yeah. rely on the money coming in from his inheritance. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think that's quite He's living off the the cream off the top of it, right? Yeah. yeah. This this the same thing applies as you said with with well connected. You you plan your turn ahead and you tr- you aim to use all five of the resources you've got over the course mm. of the turn and you can usually do one thing that turn so you p- might play you know sometimes it seems like crazily counterintuitive but sometimes I use an action to gain a resource <laughs> and then like play like a four cost and a three cost card mm-hmm. uh, in one yeah. turn and th- it seems that that action to gain a resource seems seems bonkers in in Preston. But actually, it's you know it, it can be the exact right thing in the moment, yeah. And yeah. and the the gain from being able to play those two cards and then next turn still having five resources to play to spend, that's amazing. It's really amazing. Mm. Because you know, say you're playing a Lola Santiago or a Delilah O'Rourke, in any other investigator going broke to play them. Yes, you're getting a double snap boost, which is nice, but then you can't use their free triggered ability to get clues or deal damage because you've gone broke. But you've already said this, in Preston, you just wait a turn and more money comes in off the inheritance and all of that stuff is online again. Yeah. And it's it's sort of ready to go. Yeah. So when I play them, because I love playing assets and there's no one who can spew out assets as well as Preston does. Mm. You know, you you can have an incredible ally suite giving you stat boosts all over the place. Uh, and actually, what we haven't 
I think only uh, very gently touched on is he can even use the cards like Dark Horse or Fire Axe to, to give him kind of fairly generous stat boosts uh, without losing the ability to spend money. I think, yeah, we've sort of circled around it. If you're spending your four every turn, you know, one option is streetwise and you can turn your intellect or your agility into a plus six. So you can turn them into a seven for one test. Yeah. And seven is a good place to be for your intellect or your or your agility. But then also, if you're going broke, as you say, you can have Dark Horse, Fire Axe. You could even have Madame Lebranche if you wanted to generate even more resources at a pinch. And you mentioned Mariner's Compass really quickly earlier as well. And you then have the inheritance money to boost, but you're still broke in terms of resource pool. And MJ, when he was on the cast uh, a while back, did mention that idea of like Dark Preston who's the the broke Preston who's running Dark Horse, and he seems broke, but actually he's loaded. So yeah, it's kind of a cool style. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and like you say, if, if you had... So if you draw, say, Dark Horse, Lola, and Delilah in your opening hand, mm. you have enough resources to play them all in the first turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Start with your five and another four. Yeah, yeah. and and then you can be using both of those D- Delilah and Lola from the next turn successfully. Mm. But also that puts your stats at what three 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 three? Is that right? No, you get two. You'll be agility four. Yeah, you'd be two three three four. Yeah, skids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, you know, he's got low stats, so putting a lot of effort into boosting his stats is maybe a mugs game. Mm. But even so, like it, it just goes to show what flexible directions you can take him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the reason you might not commit to a style where you play lots of static boosts is that it's action-intensive and resource-intensive, and Preston removes one of those vectors of intensity, which is the resources. Mm-hmm. And leans into them. So there's another thing I've been trying as well with Preston, which is what if he had a way of turning his resources into not spending actions to play cards? And this is the Joey the Rat Vigil style. Yeah. Because Joey has this free trigger to pay a resource and play an uh, an item asset from your hand, not taking an action. In itself, that doesn't seem to me particularly exciting why am i even mentioning it on our podcast but where i got interested in this was playing the gravedigger shovel without spending an action because the gravedigger shovel costs two you spend an action to play it and then you can spend an action to discard it to get a clue and that is pretty slow two actions for a single clue so being able to remove at least one of the action costs for a single resource is to my mind pretty reasonable yeah the resource is worth a lot less in Preston, in, in than, Preston than the action is. Yeah, exactly. And then when I was thinking about that, I was thinking the same with Old Keyring or Flashlight, potentially with Lantern. And then I realised as well that Leather Coat and Cherish Keepsake are also items. And so you can have this style where Preston's using his wealth to get Joey the Rat to fence things in for him and not spending actions doing it. And you spare, you're using your resources essentially to buy you actions. Every resource is giving you an action if you can do that. What it also means then is on certain turns, you can just spit out assets if you need them. 
and on other turns you can just hold them back and wait. So if I don't need to get a clue, I'm not I'm not spending actions to sort of build into that because I can just wait and use my actions to draw up or things like that. So that's a style I've been experimenting with recently and really enjoying it actually. It's a, a kind of fun style. And of course, then the higher the higher XP version of Joey, he only costs two resources to play, and you can also turn the assets you don't need anymore into more resources. So he can keep fueling that thing. It's probably still a deck idea in development rather than a polished thing, but I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. I love it. Well, I'll give you the final kicker point then. If you use the Exile, Cherish Keepsake and Leather Coat, if they take four damage or four horror, they get exiled. But if you have Joey the Rat level two in play, when they take three damage or three horror, he then sells them. Yeah, yeah. And you get two resources from them, so you've made the money back that you spent to put them in play, and you haven't exiled them. I mean, it, that's it's uh, I guess like combo-y, but it's uh, an idea I've been kind of kicking around for a while. Preston's like, "I'm sick of this coat. Get rid of it." <laughs> Joey's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, fantastic." Uh, what else is on our list of bits to talk about? Yeah, I guess we've talked about a lot of these things, and we you mentioned earlier that he's sort of flex. What roles have you played with Preston that you really enjoyed? What did you find you were able to do or not able to do as Preston? I found I was able to do quite a decent fighter using Firax. And also the kind of tricks guy. It's a bit like the the Patrice play. Maybe this is why I enjoy playing him so much. You know, you have that turn with Patrice and and you're sitting looking at the board and there's a... you know, we need a clue of this location. And everyone's like, well, how do we do that? And then you look at your cards at Patrice and it's like that that gif with all of the, the equations appearing, you know? And it's like, aha, I've got a plan. I might be able to do this, Patrice. And then you use your cards in interesting ways. And I, I kind of find that with, with Preston as well. Mm. Um, I think you could probably go like more of a clue direction with him if you focus mm. on the right favours and the right allies. Or you can go in more of a potentially a combat direction um, if you're mm. doing things like evasion, auto evasion, using like cats and sneak attacks and things like that. Yeah, fire axe is really good. Uh, fire axe is good, kind of just for the fact that you can spend resources to boost. Yeah, it's your solution for sort of one health cultists or rats or things like that. Yeah. You just need to pass that test to kill them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I mean, like you consider you might have streetwise. And mm. then you've got fire axe. You you're able to spend resources to boost all of your stats except willpower at that point, mm. at, at, mm-hmm. at quite an efficient conversion rate. So it, yes. it, it's yeah. it's one for two on fire axe, and it's two for three on on streetwise. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I find that that flexible way of building him with some evasion tricks, some combat tricks, and maybe a couple of clue tricks is maybe the way I, I typically go with him. And you played Preston through the Circle Undone. Yeah. What did you do about hexes? Well, just got stuck with them usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hexes you can largely get rid of if you manage to evade a witch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. typically we had a pet witch we kept evaded and then discarded them off us. Uh, I'll note that the Circle Undone campaign we did with Preston that was also with Joe Diamond. Uh, yeah. So we really struggled. The Willpower Brothers, yeah. <laughs> we struggled with Willpower a lot during mm. that, that, mm. that campaign. When we played Circle Undone in three-player, we played two Mystics and Preston, and it was a drawing thin Preston before drawing thin was tabooed. Yeah. 
and we did the there's the <laughs> first scenario centuries of secrets test willpower five for each point you fail by discard the top card of the encounter deck and if a curse is revealed you take a direct damage and our preston player said well i'm definitely failing that so i'm going to drawing thin it um so boosted it up to difficulty seven and then he drew the skull which is minus one for each point you fail by discard the top card of the encounter deck. oh my god so he he milled 14 cards oh from the encounter god. deck in one test and we'd been sort of laughing about the fact that the encounter deck couldn't really get its mill thing going against us. Yeah, and then it would then never run out. Preston. And, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then <laughs> Preston was like, you know, hold my beer. I can make this happen. Yeah, it was just really funny because to me, it was a real illustration of one of his big weaknesses, which is that with a stat line of all ones, the mythos can really slap him around. And there's not much he can do about that. You know, unless you're running Dig Deep to really boost your willpower up, or maybe you're running Rich Preston and you're using Well Connected as as Mythos protection, you can get in this position where every Mythos is kind of grueling and there's there's nothing he can do about it. I think that's really challenging. I think that makes him particularly hard in solo. He's one of the investigators I've used less in solo because every Mythos phase you're going to get beaten up. And that, yeah, that can be really hard, hard going. I think, you know, when I... When I think about Preston for solo, I'm just moving on to talking about solo. I hope you don't mind. No, fine. He's really challenging to build for solo because he doesn't have a stat to peg a strategy around. Yeah, yeah. And you, I remember you saying this about Jenny back when we first did investigator-specific episodes. It's like, if the stat line is flat, it can be quite hard to know where to go with them. Yeah. And I think particularly that having a high willpower, high agility in solo is so helpful for giving you that robustness against the mythos. You might not be using it as your win condition to advance, but at least if I draw an enemy, I know I can evade it and get away. Or at least if I draw a high uh, a willpower testing treachery, I can probably pass it. It gives you that real security playing solo that one way that the game is trying to disrupt your plans will be okay. And yeah, Preston, you toss away that security to a great extent. Um, and it's something I've not really solved for him yet. I think it's a really enjoyable challenge well interestingly i think i'm on the record as saying that that not having a real hook to put your deck building into is something i struggle with mm, mm. and I, i've said that before which is why i prefer i tend to prefer the investigators who've got a really uh, clear direction you can take them in but mm, to an extent mm. preston isn't like that i would say the reason i like him is that the puzzle of how to effectively apply his resource generation to the game is what mm, excites mm. me. I know yeah. I had a lot of fun. I, I talked was it this episode I talked about Netrunner. In the no, pre, pre previous episode I talked about Netrunner. In Netrunner, there was an investigator, a, a runner. That's what they're called in Netrunner. Yeah. Called called Nasir, and lots of people really liked Nasir. He was sort of had a few bits of uh, competitive success if you built him in a particular direction to abuse some of the cards. But he had a really unusual way of resource generation as well. And his his resource pool, or his credit pool, would frequently like totally empty and he had to find a way to spend all this money really quickly uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in like free trigger windows. And I enjoyed him for that that puzzle as well, for, for how do I build this to effectively use what is quite a large amount of resource generation, but mm-hmm. very limited. Preston's the same, fantastic resource generation but being able to apply it to your your board state is more difficult in him than for other investigators 
I mean, exactly. And the last time I built a Preston deck, which was very recently, I took literally every rogue card out of my deck box and every survivor card, and I divided them into three piles. No, you know, either it's illicit cards or cards I just don't think work with Preston. Maybe. And then, yes, cards I do think work with Preston. And then from the yes and maybe, I tried to build a deck and I ended up with a 50-card deck. And that's slightly because he can afford things that you would ignore in other investigators as too expensive or too niche. And then also there's this like, well, are we doing the poor or the rich thing? How does that fit together? There's also then the question of how does he deal with the mythos or how do you turn lots of resources into protection against the mythos? And there's not a clear answer to that, I don't think. So he sort of, it's like he attacks the game perpendicularly. He doesn't interact with it in the same way as almost any other investigator. And yeah, that's something that I find really challenging and really enjoyable about him. I've had plenty of occasions where something that just wouldn't be a problem for other investigators, I find completely stumps me for Preston. You go like, huh, how are you going to do this thing then? He's a, yeah, he's really odd in that way. Well, do we have more we want to say about Preston? I don't think so. I think Preston, more than other investigators, is 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 a kind of quite a personal. He's a what's the word I'm looking for? He's an interesting lens through which people see the game. I think is what I'm trying to say. Mm. So, so I think people, different people, take him in different directions looking at his card. So, more than maybe yeah. other investigators, it'd be fun to see what what folks enjoy playing in mm. him. Mm. Why they why they like him, and hopefully people who've discounted him as being a bit confusing might give him a go i've thought of something else preston with xp is such a different beast yes <laughs> if oh, you can yes. do that two charisma two lola two delilah that's 18 xp but suddenly his stats are a little bit more reasonable in terms of defending himself and he can pay to do anything and oh, a, having played him at that level one of the challenges for me is just getting him from level zero to there in a campaign and being able to get the XP I need to get to that point. Bro, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped in with that. No, no, that's fine, uh, that's fine. I suppose the case of Lowe, it's a little bit like Calvin. Calvin almost wants to be carried in an early game until the stats have built up a bit, and then he can turn his hand to anything. It's like Preston, with those low stats, probably wants to do a bit of setting up, and then can start turning his considerable wealth to anything. Yeah. I'll cut all of this out. <laughs> cool. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We would love to hear about your Preston decks, solo or multiplayer, how you feel Preston works best for you. Was there a card that we've missed out that you would definitely run in Preston and think is amazing in him? Let us know. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, designed by humans, and we're also on Patreon if you want to support the cast. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United Everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Discord. I'm on Instagram as the.unitled. So say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm F-B or F-E-B on Twitter and Instagram, respectively. And I'm Zooey Glass or Zozo around the place. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.